Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Wanted to hop on real quick before we get into today's episode and let everyone know that the next seven-day fasting lifestyle challenge registration link is live. You can go to the show notes, click the link for more details, or you can go to www.thefastingforlife.com forward slash live. Wanted to speak directly to you if you've been listening to the podcast, maybe you're new and just getting started, or maybe you've been fasting for a while and really trying to adopt that lifestyle and the scale just won't move beyond that two to four, three to five pounds each week. Or maybe you feel like you've hit that dreaded weight loss plateau or maybe the hunger, or as my wife likes to say, the hangriness has snuck up and bit you on the backside and you just can't seem to get away from those cravings or the consistency of your fasting schedule just isn't allowing you to get back on track if you've fallen by the wayside. This seven-day lifestyle challenge is exactly for you. It's coming up in the near future. Please don't miss out on this opportunity. We are super excited to be leveling up this experience and leaving that diet baggage behind, giving you the confidence and the habits to build that long-term weight loss and fasting lifestyle success. Go to the show notes. You can click the link or www.thefastingforlife.com forward slash live. We will hope to see you on the inside. And now to today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here as always with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. We are going to be diving into a great conversation today on the insulinogenic effect of certain foods and the keto diet and referencing you back to another conversation, powerful conversation that we had on keto, but really focusing in on the insulin component. So if you are new to the podcast, first and foremost, welcome. Thank you for giving us a shot. Hopefully you get some value out of today's episode. As you heard, we have a challenge coming up which is actually starting tomorrow. So it is not too late to sign up. About 40 or 50% of our people come from these last 24 hours. You procrastinate like I do, the time is now. We hope to see you on the inside. And uh, if you are new again, we try to give you one actionable step or one or two things that you can take away from each individual episode when it comes to weight loss, fasting, getting your health back, and whatever your health goals are. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the OGs, to the Listeners that have been with us for a while, we really appreciate you continuing to listen and mm-hmm. be on this fasting journey with us. So, Tommy, today's conversation, we're going to talk around insulin and keto and why insulin should be the focal point of your plan when you are trying to come up with a specific lifestyle. We don't like the word diet, right? Specific mm-hmm. lifestyle for a specific purpose for you as an individual and why cookie cutter programs and weight loss techniques and hacks and all of those things don't work long term. So we're going to we're going to touch on a few of those different nuanced points in there and I think it's going to be a good convo. So I'm ready to dive yeah. in. 
Yeah, yeah, as do I. Because a lot of those things that we hear are so, so black and white, so, so distinctly defined sometimes that they just don't always work. And you, you find yourself oftentimes not knowing what you're allowed, quote unquote, to change or what right. you could effectively change and adjust to actually make a sustainable lifestyle shift. And so we're going to give some perspective on some of the most important factors when considering your insulin response and ketogenic diet application specifically. So I love this conversation that we're going to get into. Yeah. So first and foremost for insulin, right? So we talk a lot about calorie in, calorie out, the carb insulin model of obesity. Why do we have 75% of the population overweight or obese? Why do we have all of this metabolic disease and heart disease than ever before, yet we have more modern medicine than any before? We have this convenience issue. We have this hedonic food pyramid. We have the modification of our foods to have a certain mouthfeel and a palatability and an attractiveness yeah. to them and you know, willpower. We talk about all of these things throughout the hundred and whatever episode we're on, right? And the conversations that we have, but insulin is a key component as well as a calorie component to the equation. They both matter and they both matter at different times for different reasons, but insulin sometimes gets a bad rap in low carb circles or yeah. low carb diets or carbs are bad type mentality and restricting and omitting, as we can see in the diabetic studies, for weight loss and for optimal health outcome, meaning less medications, more health, right? right. Better numbers. They don't equate, right? So yeah. long-term restriction and omission, the weight comes back. You know, the study on 12% of people, and we've referenced a couple of podcast episodes on this, are metabolically healthy and only 5% of people keep the weight off after two or three years. Sure. So we have more information, more stuff than ever before. And insulin sometimes gets a bad rap in certain circles and it can be oversimplified. So there's more to weight gain than insulin, a lot more, okay? Mm, yeah. And for general health, insulin isn't necessarily bad. Right. And it's actually necessary for certain, you know, health-related goals like gaining muscle. Right. Right. So you it, do, yeah. yeah, you have to have it. It's not just cut it out and get it as low as possible. We want right. our bodies to be able to balance the hormones over time. Yeah. And keto isn't just about general health. Keto is about a very specific metabolic shift where you go from burning glucose as a sugar supply or the breakdown of glycogen in the liver or a mm -hmm. energy dump from your muscles, your skeletal yeah. muscles, right? Sure. It's a metabolic shift where if your goal is ketosis specifically, then yes, insulin is bad. But yeah. overall, we want balance. And that's where the sustainability piece comes in mm -hmm. Because insulin does suppress ketone production, but the ketogenic yeah. diet is a slippery, tricky little beast. Right. And we did a whole episode on that, and we'll reference that here in just a minute. So the first thing that we want to talk about is you know eating for low insulin, but then also the protein component. Yeah, I think that was a great point too. Because if if we got onto a ketogenic diet without a plan for for actually what we were going to do as the weight starts to come off or what to do for long-term sustainability, then we might be over-focused on keeping insulin at artificially low levels for too long. And that's, that's really not a good thing, just like you alluded to. Like we, we need the balance. However, if we're on a, a fat loss phase of our, of our journey, of our health journey, of our, our weight journey here, then we are going to need those insulin levels to come down 
and to stay down for longer periods of time so that we can actually get into the ketosis metabolic shift and that we can stay there so that we can burn through some of those long-term fat stores. Yeah, I, I think that's important to note. Yeah, one of the, the things that comes through a lot of the questions is, you know, keto mojo, I'm, I'm monitoring my levels or I can't seem to get my ketones into the ideal range or, oh, you know, my ketones were 1.5 and I felt like icky. Why is that? Or, oh, I tested them in the morning and I've been fasting for 24 hours. And there's a lot of variability in moving parts when it comes to tracking this type of stuff. So yeah. personal experience with ketosis or keto diet is being on the the more strict keto where it was five to 10% carbs, 20% protein, and the remaining percent coming from your fat sources, yeah. it got me to a certain amount of weight loss initially, but mm -hmm. then it was really hard to sustain. And doing body scan testing, there was a loss of muscle mass as well, because I wasn't getting enough protein. But then on the other side, of this sticky situation is that protein, like a whey protein supplement or a protein isolate in a protein bar can spike insulin dramatically more sure. than a whole food source. So yeah. if you're doing a high protein keto, you're gonna about 30% of your protein in terms of your total breakdown for the day. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, what is the best fit for who and why? So again, that's why we started today's conversation with, if you are, coming to the keto diet, if your goal is ketosis specifically, excuse me, then insulin is bad news. But we want to talk and zoom out about a bigger picture of balance. Yeah. And so, you know, for that balance and, and speaking of those nutritional sources and what your breakdown is of how much protein you're actually getting versus your fat and your carbohydrates, I think it's important to note that that whole food sources rather than those supplements that you just you just mentioned, even like the distinction between eat the whole egg versus like a prior, egg white. you know, like a bodybuilding mentality sometimes or a fat loss mentality sometimes of like just the egg whites, egg white, egg white, egg white. Like I know so many people who just order egg white omelets, right? That's kind of a relic sometimes from the 80s and the 90s and the low fat craze. Some of that, remember when, when eggs were demonized for a lot of that time too, and that can kind of carry over and more of the low carb kind of habits if those are you know, seeping into the ketogenic side, then those can be kind of hidden insulin spikes that you weren't expecting that can slow or stall progress too. Yeah, and we know that protein can stimulate insulin production, right? Yeah. And you know, when we're looking at that exact pathway, you're gonna take an mTOR and GLP-1 pathways and all that kind of stuff. But ideally, the main driver here is what we wanna focus on is getting that carbohydrate content to a natural food source and a healthy source and a, a moderate to low amount if you are trying to lose weight mm. and prefer that way of living is the most important part. Mm. So carbohydrates spike insulin the most. So that's what we need to focus on, right? Keto right. does a really good job of that. Sustainability-wise, when we did the podcast episode previously, talking about the effects of a 90-day keto diet keto mm -hmm. program on newly diagnosed diabetics or people that were overweight, the compliance piece was really hard. And mm -hmm. we saw another study that we're going to talk about here in a second about polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, where keto has been shown to have really great results with that as well. We're talking like a 70% reduction in fasting insulin. Mm -hmm. 
wow. right? Like massive yeah. change, but only like a small, tiny little handful of people were able to make it to the six month mark. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw an attrition rate that was really high from a sustainability standpoint. And that's why the specific diet lifestyle, excuse me, I caught myself, for a specific <laughs> purpose, for a specific designated amount of time. So that 90-day mm. keto study that we talked about really showed that cycling on and off of the keto diet is really beneficial. And then what you can do in the interim is keep your carbs moderate to low, if that's the way you choose to eat. And then you can increase that protein to stimulate that muscle synthesis and not yeah. always having to live in this one tiny little box. Of, yeah. Well, I'm just going to do it this way because it gets me this result. Well, personally, and then in the research, it shows that that's not sustainable for a lot of people. Yeah, great points, because you see that big inflection point where that that big drop off between like after the 90 day mark, because we've seen several studies that tried to take this out to about like the four to six month range and where compliance just went to 20, 25% across that, you know, that bridge right there. But in the first 90 days, much, much higher compliance. So much easier to stick with. And I always feel like if I go into something like strategic, like a, a major diet shift or some sort of plan like this, if I went into it thinking, okay, if ketogenic is going to be effective for me, then that means I'm going to have to maintain it for the rest of my life. If I'm kind of like mentally ticking off the things that I don't like while I'm undoing it, it's like the frustration is kind of just slowly building where I don't see myself doing this long term. And eventually that may be the point where I just go, okay, well, it may be working for me, but it's kind of slowing down. Plus, I don't see it working for me long term sustainability wise. That's like that's my drop off point. But if I know, hey, I'm, I'm doing this for a strategic amount of time, like you said, maybe it's 60 days or 90 days, and then I don't have to worry about those pieces that I don't love because it's a temporary thing. I'm doing it for a specific purpose, and I know how I'm going to transition out of it. That's like the healthy balance, like the mental balance that I, I find is, is really important in a process like this. Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He's our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is, uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is, uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing and the indoor air, air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to a hundred times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that air doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room they filter out 99.99 percent of dangerous contaminants 
That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. Yeah, and you just said something there too about the the sustainability of it, right? So if mm-hmm. you look at the two year, eighteen month, two year diabetic studies for low carb, the HbA one C comes back, the drugs come back, the medications come back, the weight yeah. comes back, and ultimately you're farther from your goal, and the frustration comes back. Sure. And the episode that we specifically spoke on that research article about the periodic ketogenic diet, right? That was episode one thirty five. So if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it because there's, there's more specifics in there on kind of how to really put that into action. So the second component of this is that that off-ramp. Okay, now you've done it. So we, we have the study. There's multiple studies on there about the benefits of the keto diet for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And you can get tremendous improvements in body weight, the luteinizing hormone, FSH hormone ratio, fasting insulin, glucose, blood pressure, triglycerides, you know, body hair, like there are, you know, women getting pregnant in some of these studies that have previously yeah. been unable to, right? Yeah. So there's a whole nother category here of the benefits of the ketogenic diet for PCOS. Never mind all the other health metrics that improve, right, on sure. a low carb ketogenic diet. So when we're specifically, you know, talking about, you know, ramping out of these things or cycling through them, it's really going to come down to making making sure that you're putting foods that you enjoy into your day-to-day, you know, eating lifestyle, mm. not completely restricting and omitting, but getting natural food sources, less refined processed foods, and really looking at it where as you can start to decrease the keto portion, right? The fat portion is switching over to more fattier cuts of meat, like a ribeye. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So you're going to be mm-hmm. upping your protein, keeping your carbs low to moderate, which is very common especially if you're trying to undo, you know, diabetes, prediabetes, metabolic syndrome, blood sugar related issues, we recommend sticking there. Yeah. Now, if you're a lean athlete and you've, you know, you've got performance and things you're working on and building muscle and gains and that kind of thing, then you're obviously going to want to, as the leaner you get, the less visceral fat you get, the more carbohydrates you can safely have, right? Not the refined processed stuff. Again, the stuff, the natural whole food sources But as you're starting to look at ramping out is you're going to want to increase your protein. You want to be adding in that second chicken breast. You're going to want to add in, Mm. you know, the the bigger cut of meat. You're going to want to open up your fasting window, Mm. you know, as the weight's coming off. Or maybe when you hit a plateau, it's it's good to take a break from it 
and open up your fasting windows a little bit, give yourself more opportunity to get that good nutrition in, but always start from the place where we started this conversation, which was specificity, individualization. What does that sustainability look like for you in the long term? Yeah. And what I really like about what you just said was thinking about it as how are you going to, to exit out of it, which is going to include how do I work this into my fasting lifestyle as well? And right. which is a big part of how you implement your ketogenic diet cycle as well. Because if I'm going to bring in this, this ketogenic, these kind of macro profiles to lower my insulin response, well, like what's my superpower against my insulin response? Well, it's my, it's my fasting too, right? It's my consistency with my fasting. And so as I can bring up my consistency within my fasting lifestyle, then I can put that together with something like a strategic short to midterm ketogenic diet. And then now I have superpowers where right. I can I can lower my insulin response. I can tap into my long-term fat stores, right? And I, I can start doing this in a way that I was not personally able to do before understanding fasting because just bringing in ketogenic foods and a ketogenic lifestyle, I was at a point of insulin resistance that I wasn't able to move the needle even with very, very strict compliance going into multiple months of eating a ketogenic lifestyle. And I was only able to move the scale, you know, just by a few pounds and then quickly plateaued from there. And and I remember talking to you about, you know, the the fat bombs and the other things like that, that kind of come into the ketogenic world that are really, really popular, but not necessarily helping if you're, you're looking to actually move the scale, right? Yeah. One of the pitfalls too, you just alluded to there is making sure that you don't have too little protein, right? but you want moderate protein. So really keto should be lower. If this is the lifestyle that you choose, right? This is something that you can see that's going to work for you. So if you're not in the, oh, I'm going to cycle on and then go back to a more moderate balanced plate, then if you want to live the keto lifestyle, then make sure that you're keeping the carbs low, right? But you have moderate protein. So you're still going to get insulin reducing benefits, but you're also going to have adequate protein to allow you to keep your lean body tissue, stay metabolically healthy, stay Mm -hmm. satiated because fat and protein have satiating effects, but specifically making sure that you're going to be able to cycle in and out of ketosis and also have options or availability of different foods. Because I don't know about you, but sustainability gets boring after a while. (laughs) Like you got to mix it up, right? Like, okay, so well, I can't have that, 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 or that. So what can I have? Well, you need to make sure that you have enough things to pull from your list in terms of the different macro breakdowns. So really, you know, keto is going to get you significantly reducing the fasting insulin, but making sure that we're having moderate enough protein for that sustainability and satiety pieces. Yeah. I think that that's a really important part too, because even just looking at the, the recipes that you normally go to, you know, like, like, during a keto cycle, let's say, if you want to call it that, just kind of swapping out what are those food swaps that I can make, right? Right. What are those those things where I don't have to necessarily feel like, oh, well, I've cut out all these different foods because let me make some strategic swaps here. And then I can feel like I'm still able to have some of those foods. Like there's some really cool pizza swaps like chicken crust pizza, you know, and, and other cool things like that. You can get really creative with it and not really just feel like you've stopped some of those foods that you have a connection to, or, you know, maybe they led to some of the weight gain 
in the past. You know, you don't necessarily have to feel like you just blocked yourself off from everything that that you enjoyed, right? Yeah, and it's so key. Like, there's so many little ahas that can happen as you start to like stumble through this stuff and figure yeah. out you don't have to be a hundred percent perfect on your plan. Especially frustrating if you're not getting the result, right? So as we kind of wrap up today's conversation, go back and listen to the previous episode on the periodic ketogenic diet for newly diagnosed diabetics or overweight individuals. That's episode 135. Make sure that if you are going to be using keto long-term, that you're going to be making sure that you have a moderate amount of protein, which is still going to give you the insulogenic decrease, the insulin decrease to get the weight off and increase your metabolic health overall. Watch out for those low fat dairy options, right? The egg white versus the whole egg, eat the whole egg, right? (laughs) Make sure you're increasing some of those fattier cuts of meat so you can get both the protein and the fat. And just be aware of the supplementations like the whey proteins too. Try to get your stuff from, yeah, the bars. Try to get your stuff from the whole food supplier, whole food source. And as we wrap up today is really, you know, dialing in your fasting windows. The easiest way to reduce insulin is not worrying about keto. It's to stop eating anything and it's too fast. (laughs) Yeah. The fastest decrease in insulin. And for some people, you're going to hit a wall around 16, 18 hours and you're going to have to build up your resistance. Mm. You're going to have to build up those those fasting muscles muscles. Yeah, as the cravings tend to balance out, et cetera. And then maybe you're, you know, at a plateau and you're at that 24 hour mark and you're like, I can do one meal a day, but it doesn't excite me anymore. Okay, it's time for a change. It's It's time to push past, time to do a 30 hour fast. If you're trying to reverse blood sugar issues, make sure you're getting in one of those 36 hour fasts at least once a week to get your blood sugar numbers to come down. You can combine that with keto and then see the fasting insulin come down like we referenced in a couple of articles that we referenced today. Yeah, But it's it's that give and take, it's that constant reflection on what's working and what's not, but there should be an excitement to it, which leads us into the challenge that's starting tomorrow because we are super pumped, man. An incredible group of people have signed up already. It's not too late if you're listening to this going, okay, now I'm more confused than ever. If the plane didn't land for you this episode, come on in, click the show notes, get the information, sign up. And as we exit today's conversation, Tommy, final thoughts as we wrap up, I really think that, again, where we started today, which was the purpose of today's conversation, which is putting some intention into why you're making the decisions you're making and are they sustainable for me as an individual? Yeah. And just the fact that there are other levers, even if you haven't pulled them just yet, there are other things that that you can do to take your your journey to the next level right here. So I, I just love this conversation. Ketogenic can be a powerful, powerful tool, especially when combined with solid, consistent fasting. So so yep. get your ketogenic skills up and get your fasting skills up and and watch some new results come. So it's awesome. I love this conversation. Thank you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, you guys know where to find us. Go to the show notes, click the link if you want to sign up for the challenge. You can also join the Facebook community. That link is also in the show notes as well. That keto episode that I referenced, Tommy, earlier, the episode 135, in the Facebook group, we actually have our keto recipe pack. So if you want to get that, you can go ahead and grab that as well. If you want all of our recipe packs, you get those when you join the challenge and they are yours to keep. Cool. So we'll dangle the carrot just a little bit there at the end. Tommy, as (laughs) always, thank you for the conversation, sir. And we will talk soon. Thank you. Bye. 
So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.